the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. Today we'll take a look at some of the headline news and in the second half of this first hour, the lighter side of the news with James Blend. And then in the five o'clock hour, this week's Christian Outlook. We'll hear from Logan Spena of Alliance Defending Freedom about the case before the U.S. Supreme Court on religious liberty that could have an impact on all of us. We'll also hear from Brad Matz. He is the president of the Life Issues Institute about the case before the U.S. Supreme Court that could uh, be the definitive end to Roe versus Wade. It certainly would not be the end of the abortion debate. It would just shift to the states where it began before Roe versus Wade. And we'll also hear from Sarah Parshall Perry of the Heritage Foundation about the Biden administration's recent contribution to the erosion of women-specific Sports. All of that coming up in the second hour of the Georgine Rice Show. But first, a look at some of the day's headlines. Student debt trap. Well, the inflation crisis in the U.S. will only worsen if the president cancels large swaths of student debt. One expert, Maya McGinnis, president of the Committee for the Responsible Federal Budget, warned that student debt cancellation may be an extremely appealing political talking point, but it's not good policy. Well, anticipating a photo finish, a deputy DA says that Los Angeles District Attorney George Gascon is causing havoc and mayhem and the recall effort will be a photo finish. Saudi Arabia will likely look to develop its own nuclear capabilities should Iran's nuclear deal go through, according to experts. And American citizen and Marine veteran Willie Joseph Cancel. He died fighting alongside Ukrainian forces, the man's widow told media earlier today. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki defended the Department of Homeland Security's effort to combat disinformation on issues related to COVID-19 and elections. Brian Kilmeade weighs in, warning that the president's new Department of Disinformation turns Orwell's fiction into a reality. Most of us knew it was coming. We just didn't know when. Coming to collect, excuse me, the Department of Justice is suing Paul Manafort, who worked on Trump's 2016 campaign for just under $3 million. Tax evasion is the issue. And MSNBC and other liberal news outlets repeatedly paint opponent, opponents and conservatives as fascists to their viewers. By establishing a ministry of truth, critics have taken aim at the Biden administration for the creation of a new disinformation governance board slated to combat misinformation. To herald the coming of the new Soviet America, the administration announces its own ministry of truth. That's another way of putting it. Chris Hayes said conservatives claim to promote free speech. He says it's a ruse to hide a thuggish and authoritarian power play to control thought. Sadly, opponents of free speech are attempting and have done just that. Well, Musk's Twitter purchase, New York Times columnist Ezra Klein breaks with fellow liberals distraught over Musk's Twitter purchase, calling it a good thing. We'll see how long he stays at the New York Times. Brandon Meeshan 
He declares, I'm a dad who wants schools to teach kids how to read, not how to be gender fluid. Fox News host Greg Gutfeld says the White House's new information governance board will police people's opinions. And Doug Schoen points out that moves uh, to the curb big tech power uh, over news and publishing is um, finding widespread support. Stephen Moore says that the U.S. economy shrank at the beginning of 2022 and wards that stagflation could be next. Buffett uh, Redux not only is Warren Buffett alive and kicking, the chairman and CEO of Berkshire Hathaway will declare it has trounced the market again. And former Vice President Mike Pence points out that religious liberty in America has never been in greater danger than it is today. And of course, there's a pending Supreme Court decision impacting the interpretation of the Constitution's right to um, religion, free exercise of religion. It's not too late to avoid the, the misery of stagflation, but to do so, we need three policy pivots. Thursday's report from the Commerce Department on total output of goods and services for the first quarter of this year provides further evidence that the economy is approaching stagflation territory. Now, that's a combination of slow growth and high inflation. If we have another three months, essentially another quarter of negative growth in output, we're officially in a recession. To combat that, some pivot uh, policy pivots. First, we need to start producing more American energy to create jobs and bring down prices. Second, we need to cut the multi-trillions of dollars of government spending and debt that the administration and the previous administration pumped into the economy over the past two years. And third, the Fed has to take more timely and aggressive action to suck hundreds of billions of dollars of excess dollar liquidity out of the global economy. That may seem like a painful prescription, but as anyone who lived through the 1970s remembers, the alternative of stagflation will hurt a lot more. America's parents don't want gender ideology and critical race theory taught to their children. Rather, they want their kids to learn to read and write. Is that too much to ask? They ask. Forgive and forget. President Biden's student loan forgiveness punishes everyone, including students. Since taking office, the president has forgiven loans of borrowers in four distinct groups, defrauded borrowers, public service workers, borrowers with a total and permanent disability and certain borrowers with an income driven repayment plan. Well, total forgiveness during the Biden administration currently stands at more than $20 billion. And that doesn't just dissipate its actual money that has to be paid back. It will just be paid back by others, namely taxpayers. Uh, This latest round of forgiveness falls into the defrauded borrowers category, which includes debt cancellations for students who attended programs that had defrauded or mistreated them. National Review says if you borrow money and sign a contract promising to pay it back, then you must pay it back or you will suffer serious long term financial consequences. Or at least that's the way it used to work until it was decided that uh, Democrats could win a lot of the votes by just waving a magic wand and declaring that people didn't have to pay their student loan back. But again, it will be paid back by others, you and me. NBC says the president has faced pressure from Democratic lawmakers, liberal advocates and young voters to forgive some student debt. Total student debt uh, tops one point seven trillion dollars last year. And the pandemic has exacerbated the challenge. The economy has contracted. GDP dropped one point four percent. 
But the Financial Times reports gross domestic product dropped 1.4 percent on an annualized basis in the first three months of 2022. The U.S. Commerce Department reported on Thursday down significantly from the 6.9 percent rise recorded in the fourth quarter of 2021. That marks the first contraction of the economy since mid-2020 when COVID-19 lockdowns had curtailed activity. Jerry Bauer, he points out that the easy part of coming off of low COVID baselines and catching up is over. Growth low, inflation high, double fail. And finally, the Wall Street Journal says the drop stemmed from a widening trade deficit, imports to the U.S. surged and exports fell. Dynamics reflecting pandemic-related supply chain constraints. Well, Democrats want to raise taxes, while Chuck Schumer says it's the only way, it's the only right way to right the ship. From the story in Town Hall, inflation is raging, Americans' purchasing power is painfully diminished, and Chuck Schumer thinks the only way to right the ship is to, well, confiscate more earnings from Americans and American businesses. Higher taxes and increased spending are his party's predictably uh, predictable solutions to nearly every problem, even when those policies are glaringly and cartoonishly wrong for the moment. Senator Chuck Schumer claims the only way to reduce inflation is to raise taxes on Americans, the RNC research tweets. Well, defending the concept of pregnant men, the concept, the fiction of pregnant men, the Department of Education says ovaries and not women produce eggs. Uh, from a training video instructing K through 12 teachers, the trans teacher in the video apparently identifies with um, he him pronouns and goes by the name Sam Long. According to Long, a teacher in the classroom needs to be a stickler for inclusive language in any conversation and especially in the content that we teach. Liz Wheeler points out this isn't happening the left said, not in public schools, the left said, not from teachers, the left said. The left, well, they're groomers and they're not telling the truth. Get your kids out of public school. Liz Wheeler on Twitter. The Homeland Security Secretary says he is unaware of uh, terror suspects caught at the southern border and whether or not they've been released into our country. This is the director of Homeland Security. He has no idea. And Secretary Mayorkas, he wonders why Republicans question whether he's doing his job. From the story, during his second day of testifying before Congress, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, he said he didn't know if terror suspects caught illegally crossing the U.S.-Mexico border are still in custody or if they've been released. Why on earth would they be released, you might ask? Well, Congressman Jim Jordan's questioning led to the revelation. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. We'll continue winding through some of the day's headlines, and then James Blend will join me. We'll look at the lighter side of the news. So stay with us. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Well, a Russian news anchor on the prospects of a nuclear World War III says, we will go to heaven while they will simply croak. Well, on Wednesday night, the editor of the Russian state broadcaster RT blithely discussed the possibility that Russian President Vladimir Putin would initiate a nuclear war, telling his viewers, we will go to heaven while they will simply croak. Margarita uh, Simeon 
told her television audience her opinion of what might happen next in the Russia-Ukraine war. Either we lose in Ukraine or the Third World War starts. I think World War III is more realistic, knowing us, knowing our leader. The most incredible outcome that all this will end with is a nuclear strike. Seems more probable to me than the other course of events, end quote. The Daily Mail weighs in, saying it comes after Russia successfully test-launched its latest nuclear missile, Sartmat-2, last week, with Putin boasting it can strike targets anywhere on Earth and cannot be stopped by any current missile defenses. Wars and Rumors of Wars The president is pushing for $33 billion in additional Ukraine funding, From the story reported by CNBC, President Joe Biden has asked Congress for $33 billion to fund both humanitarian and military aid to Ukraine through September of this year. He said Thursday, the massive aid package is accompanied by a proposal to Congress that it armed amend rather several longstanding criminal laws to make it easier for the U.S. to sell off the seized assets of sanctioned Russian oligarchs. The $33 billion includes a request for $20.4 billion in additional security and military assistance for Ukraine, as well as additional money to fund U.S. efforts to bolster European security and cooperation with NATO allies. It's not cheap, but caving to aggression is going to be more costly if we allow it to happen, the president said on Thursday. ABC says that Russia is the aggressor, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Russia is the aggressor, and the world must and will hold Russia accountable. Well, the Biden administration looking to send Veterans Affairs resources to illegals at the southern border. And veterans are not pleased from that story during his recent testimony before Congress. Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, he informed lawmakers that the administration was considering diverting resources from the Department of Veterans Affairs to deal with Biden's border debacle. Well, this includes not just funding, but also VA nurses and doctors who are tasked with caring for America's veterans and who may now be sent to care for uh, those migrating to the U.S., Illegally, Breitbart says the remarks come as Senator Josh Hawley, a Republican from Missouri, had sought clarification on reports that the administration was looking to siphon doctors, doctors and nurses away from the VA toward illegal aliens at the border. In the words of one Customs and Border Protection official, we're going to take medical services away from people that really deserve it, in fact, earned it, who went to combat to give free medical attention to migrants in the country illegally, Holly wrote in a letter to Mayorkas. Already, Americans are forced to subsidize medical care for those in the country illegally to be to the tune of $18.5 billion annually. Last year alone, Americans footed the bill for more than $316 million in medical care for border crossers and uh, illegal aliens who were detained in Immigration and Customs Enforcement custody. After redistricting setbacks uh, for Democrats in New York, Republicans look to gain three to four seats there, more seats, in fact. The Washington Examiner analysis says that Republicans are likely to pick up three or four House seats from redistricting advantages after a series of recent breakthrough victories bolstering their already favorable prospects in this midterm election cycle. Suspended anchor Sage Steele is suing ESPN and Disney for retaliation after she questioned vaccine mandates. 
Well, the anchor, or the former ESPN anchor, Sage Steele, sued the network and its parent, Walt Disney uh, Company, alleging the company retaliated against her for comments she made in a podcast interview, breaching her contract and violating her free speech rights. In comments last September on the podcast hosted by former NFL uh, uh, National Football League quarterback Jay Cutler, Miss Steele touched on political and social topics, questioning COVID-19 vaccine mandates and former President Barack Obama's decision to identify as black instead of biracial. After Miss Steele's remarks drew criticism in the press and on social media, ESPN forced her to issue an apology and temporarily benched her, according to the suit, which was served uh, in Connecticut, where the network is based, ESPN also retaliated by taking away prime assignments and failing to stop bullying and harassment by Ms. Steele's colleagues, the suit alleges. The Wall Street Journal reports. PJ Media says that Steele told Cutler that she got the COVID vaccine because Disney required her to do so and that she did so to keep her job. But she opined that the mandate was sick and scary to me in many ways. She also talked about the fact that she identifies as biracial and contrasted that identification to Barack Obama identifying as black despite an absent black father and a white mother and grandmother who raised him. You do you. I'm going to do me. She concluded. That's at the center of the controversy. The Babylon Bee's self-fulfilling Twitter employee prophecy. Well, Twitter employees are clearly a bunch of leftist snowflakes who can't take a joke. Of course, given their reaction to the recent satirical video from the conservative humor site, the Babylon Bee, maybe the video should have been classified as prophetic rather than satire. Well, the video in question depicts fictional Twitter employees having a meltdown over Elon Musk's bid to buy the social media company. In one scene, an employee named Mandy sobs. If he buys our free speech platform, people will be able to have, dramatic pause, free speech on our platform. Well, after the video was posted, Twitter flagged it for containing sensitive content. Upon seeing Twitter's warning on the video, Babylon Bee editor-in-chief Kyle Mann deadpanned. Our video mocking Twitter employees for being too sensitive was flagged by Twitter for sensitive content. President Biden declares he is unconcerned about a recession and touts economic growth despite a first quarter GDP drop. And a Pentagon report delineates the cost of Biden's botched Afghanistan withdrawal from a military cost standpoint. Just how costly was Joe Biden's Afghan surrender? The Pentagon just released a report delineating the cost of lost military equipment and technology behind it. According to the report, $7.2 billion worth of military equipment was left behind to the Taliban. Included among the equipment was $1 billion in aircraft, 22,000 Humvees, and almost all of the communication equipment supplied during the war. The Pentagon does note that almost all of it was either destroyed or retrograded. Of course, military equipment wasn't all that was left behind. Several hundred American citizens, as well as Afghans who supported the U.S., were also left behind behind enemy lines. Fortunately, while Biden may have abandoned these Americans and Afghan allies, others have not and have been tirelessly working to get them home. President Biden is requesting an additional $33 billion in funding for Ukraine defense. President Biden is being blasted by uh, for uh, policing free speech with a dystopian disinformation bureau. Elon Musk sold $4 billion in Tesla shares, presumably for the Twitter deal. 
DHS has spent $72 million to avoid building more border wall. Oklahoma has passed a Texas-style abortion ban, and leftists are using COVID relief to fund the critical race theory teaching in schools that we're told doesn't exist. The FDA has moved to ban the sale of methane, uh, methyl cigarettes, and a Marine veteran has died fighting alongside Ukrainians. On this day in history, 1861, the Maryland House of Delegates votes 53 to 13 against seceding from the Union. While in Montgomery, Alabama, Jefferson Davis asked the Confederate Congress for the authority to wage war. 1946, 28 Japanese ex-officials go on trial in Tokyo as war criminals. Seven were sentenced to death. 1957, the SM-1, the first military nuclear power plant, is dedicated at Fort Belvoir in Virginia. 1992, a jury in Simi Valley, California, acquits four Los Angeles police officers of almost all state charges in the videotaped beating of Rodney King. The verdicts are followed by rioting in Los Angeles that resulted in 55 deaths. 2000, tens of thousands of angry Cuban-Americans marched peacefully through Miami's little Havana, protesting the raid in which armed federal agents forcibly removed six-year-old Alien Gonzalez from the home of relatives. 2008, then-president hopeful, presidential hopeful Barack Obama denounces his former pastor, the Reverend Jeremiah Wright, for what he termed divisive and destructive remarks on race. 2009, the World Health Organization raises its alerts level for swine flu to its next to highest notch. 2014, Los Angeles Clippers owner Donald Sterling is banned for life from the NBA in response to racist comments he'd made in an audio recording. 2019, Central Americans who traveled in caravan to the U.S. border hoping to turn themselves in and ask for asylum are stalled at the border as U.S. immigration officials announced that the San Diego crossing is already at capacity. And 2019, on this day in history, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein, who frequently found himself in political hot water due to his role in the special counsel's Russia probe, submits his resignation in a departure that was long expected. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Up next, a look at the lighter side of the news. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Welcome back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. And for the next couple of segments, we're going to look at the lighter side of the news. To help me do that, James Blend will join me. Welcome, James. Why, thank you. Did you know that today is National Hairball Awareness Day? I, you know, I, I'll have to plead ignorance on that one. <laughs> well, I only found out myself. It was originally founded by a Kansas veterinarian. I don't know why he felt the need to draw attention to the phenomenon, but Hairball Awareness Day It's celebrated annually on the last Friday of April. It was started by a veterinarian to encourage cat owners to take steps to prevent their pets from coughing up hairballs. I don't own a cat. To my knowledge, you don't either. I do not. That is correct. Well, the holiday, as they're referring to it, was founded by Dr. Blake Hawley. He's out of Kansas. Um, He's also a pet nutrition expert. He created the day for owner's sake. Hairballs are caused when... Uh, Cats ingest their own hair while self-grooming. The hair gathers into digestive obstructions, causing the felines to, well, you know what they do. Uh, Other holidays and observances of today, which is April the 29th, include Child Care Professionals Day, International Dance Day. Should we pause and have a little dance party? Absolutely. One, two, three. Hey! (laughs) Yeah! Get it, James! Get it, James! Get it, James! Okay, party's over. That that was... was 
That was exciting. It was enough. Uh, International Noise Awareness Day, which we're already contributing to. I was going to say. National Shrimp Scampi Day, one of my all-time favorite proteins, Shrimp Scampi. Uh, Viral Video Day. And if we had taped your dance uh, performance just then, I'm certain it would have gone viral. Absolutely. Uh, we missed opportunity. J- yeah. We Jump the World Day. We Jump the World Day? Yeah, no. And Zipper Day. Let's all just take a moment and make sure the zippers are up. We're good. Yeah, good. All right. So um, happy Hairball Day, Child Care Professionals Day, International Dance Day, Noise Awareness Day, Shrimp Scampi Day, Viral Video Day, We Jump the World, and Zipper Day. Exactly. All, all, all the festivities of the holidays to those who celebrate. Any excuse to celebrate. There we go. Uh, yesterday, and we failed to mention it, yesterday was National Superhero Day. It was started by Marvel Comics back in 1995. It's celebrated annually on the 28th of April. So mark your calendars so you don't miss it next uh, next year. It was started by employees of Marvel Comics back in, as I mentioned, 95, to celebrate heroes both real and fictional. Uh, Marvel Comics, the publisher behind heroes including Spider-Man, X-Men, Avengers, sent interns out to the streets in central Pennsylvania to interview children about what superpowers they would most like to have. Uh, the holiday has since become a day to celebrate fictional heroes as well as real-life heroes such as parents, teachers, firefighters, members of the military, and so on. And by the way, just other observances on April 28th, which would have been yesterday, Biological Clock Day, Clean Comedy Day, Kiss Your Mate Day, Great Poetry Reading Day, National Cubicle Day, Pay It Forward Day, Poem in Your Pocket Day, and Stop Food Waste Day. So there you have it. That was all yesterday. Wow, I I feel like I missed out yesterday. Yeah, I wish I'd I'd known. We could have done several things. I know, I know. Well, next year. There's always tomorrow for dreams to come true. Indeed. Well, wildlife officials in Colorado said a bear broke into a car and destroyed the interior, all to procure a tube of lip gloss. Now, I get it. Sometimes you're just desperate to have a little something on your lips. And apparently that was the case for this bear. Colorado Parks and Wildlife, they tweeted photos showing the car that was destroyed by the bear in the early morning hours of April 22nd. There was no food, no trash left inside, but there was lip gloss. Its scent was enough to entice the bear to check it out. Because, you know, lip gloss these days, it comes in all kinds of uh, scents. You can get floral and fruity, uh, maybe steak. I, you know, I don't know. Maybe there's one for um, Kentucky Fried Chicken lip gloss. I don't really know. But the department said the incident should serve as a reminder that bears know how to open car doors. Keep unwanted guests out of your cars by locking the doors and removing anything with a scent. So could, would you mind just running down and uh, locking my car? Yeah, I'll, I'll get on that right away. Not really sure what's in there, but I just don't want any bears rifling through my stuff. And we do get a lot of them here at the station. We do. Researchers who come a 40-mile stretch of um, Texas... Uh, Beach twice a week have uh, been using social media to document some eerie discoveries. And this time around, they found dozens, not one or two, but dozens of rather creepy dolls. Some of them just the head of the doll. Some of them headless dolls, but all of them in their own way. Creepy. 
Well, the director of the Mission uh, Reserve at the University of Texas Marine Science Institute said his team surveys about 40 miles of the a Gulf Coast beach at the reserve twice a week, and they've frequently been finding dolls of various types that were given a creepy aesthetic by their time by the uh, their time in the water. Uh, we're actually doing scientific work, but the dolls, well, they're a perk. Uh, he says the uh, follower count of the mission uh, reserve Facebook page has skyrocketed since he started sharing photos of the disturbing dolls. He said about 30 of them have been found since they started posting the photos. The creepiest are the ones who have uh, lost their hair. Uh, the first one we had found was a um, a doll with a head on it, but just looked pretty creepy. He posted the picture. He didn't realize what it was, and they got lots of followers on the page after that. Well, they've uh, continued to search and found these creepy dolls along the coast. Now, one wonders... Are little girls just tossing their their dolls overboard or what's what's happening that just in the last uh, short period of time, they've been uh, finding dolls along the coastline? That's a really good question. I, I, I've i never heard of anything quite so weird than that. No, they actually I saw a few of the pictures and they definitely fall in the creepy category. I mean, maybe some sort of doll exorcism. Well, or maybe dolls have just decided they've had enough. Uh, that seems like we need to get some sort of foundation started to prevent that. Well, we might want to fundraise. We'll talk during the break. I agree. Let's. All right. Well, a woman was rescued after falling in an outhouse toilet trying to get her phone. Now, it begs the question, just how dearly, just how dearly do you hold your phone? Is there a circumstance under which you would just simply forfeit the phone? This woman apparently was attempting to retrieve her phone from the outhouse toilet. Oh. Now, would you, if you retrieved the phone, and she apparently got stuck, would you use the phone? That's the other question. Well, the woman used dog leashes to tie herself off as she reached for her phone, but she fell in the toilet headfirst. She accidentally dropped her cell phone into the hole of the outhouse in a national forest and fell in while trying to, well, retrieve the phone, according to firefighters in Washington State. The um, Brennan Fire Department chief uh, said the woman who was at the top of Mount Walker in the Olympic National Forest north northwest of Seattle had been using her phone when it fell into the toilet on Tuesday, which, you know, do you need the phone in that particular area? Uh, Mr. Manley said she dismissed, disassembled, I guess it was Ms. Manley, disassembled the toilet seat and used a dog leash to try to get the phone and eventually used the leash to tie herself off so that she could reach for it. That effort failed when she fell, as I mentioned, head force. It didn't work very well, and she went in. Well, the woman was alone. She tried to get out for 10 to 15 minutes. Oh, it gets worse. She was there for 10 to 15 minutes alone. Reunited with her phone, she called 911. So she retrieved the phone. That's some good reception. Put the thing to her head, to her face, and oh, called 911. Well, you'd still have to be close enough. To, uh, yeah, no, I, I I get it, but... Responding firefighters passed her blocks to, uh, uh, to stand on uh, to reach the harness, which they used to pull her out of the vault, as they referred to it. She was washed down and strongly encouraged to seek medical attention after being exposed as she was to what she was. But she only wanted to leave. Um, I've been doing this for 40 years, said the firefighter, and this was a first. Let's hope it's a last. Like I said, I'd like to know her cell phone company because, I mean, that's some good reception there. Not only in the middle of the woods, 
but uh, down a toilet as well. That's that's impressive. I mean, it's I, impressive, I, you know, but I, I can't see it in my, a different you know, way. Different places in my house, I don't get good reception. <laughs> you know. Yeah, let's let's just move on. Wow, an Arizona runner who's seeking to make a name for herself. Uh, she lost her leg to cancer in 2001. Unofficially broke a Guinness World Record by running 102 marathons in 102 consecutive days. Jackie Hunt. Brorsma, she ran 26.2 miles on Thursday, marking the 102nd consecutive day that she's run the distance of a marathon. Um, she uses a, a prosthetic after losing her leg to cancer in 2001. She said she originally aimed to beat the Guinness World Record of 95 marathon distances run on consecutive days, which was set by Alyssa Clark in 2020, but increased her goal to 102 days when she learned another runner had unofficially broken the record with 101 runs in as many days. I was told you can't run because you're an amputee. Don't even bother because you need prosthetics and it's complicated and things like that. And when someone tells you that because, well, you suddenly can't do it, you want to. That's how my journey started, she says. Uh, She says she's planning to finish her consecutive runs with 104 on Saturday. Wow, that's impressive. Indeed. I've done the marathon, and one was enough in the course of a single day. I would think so. Yeah, it was definitely enough. Do we need to go to break, or do I have one more? We've got a break. Got a break. All right, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show on a fun Friday segment. We'll continue in our next segment. And then coming up in the second hour of the program, The Christian Outlook. Stay with us. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. We're back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show as we take a look at some of the lighter side of the news. And coming up in the second hour, the Christian Outlook. We'll hear from Logan Spena of Alliance Defending Freedom about a case before the Supreme Court that has a major impact or could have on religious liberty. We'll also hear from Brad Mates, the president of Life Issues Institute, on the case, another case before the Supreme Court that could be the definitive end of Roe versus Wade and Sarah Palin, uh, Sarah Parsha. Get this right. Sarah Partial Perry of the Heritage Foundation about the Biden administration's recent contribution to the erosion of women's specific sports. That's all coming up and other news in the second hour of today's program. Well, members of a student organization at Georgia Tech attempted a Guinness World Record by creating and taking a a 4.2 mile hopscotch course. Well, members of Seek Discomfort or Seed, as it's uh, called a first-year organization aimed at helping students overcome their perceived limitations through unique experiences, drew up plans for a 4.2-mile hopscotch, a course that would traverse the Atlanta school campus. It was one of those ideas that comes to you, and in hindsight, you can't remember how you got it. That's a quote from the organizer and physics major, uh, Henning, uh, Ashley Henning. She and her team, they designed and created stamps that Uh, would allow them to quickly and efficiently apply chalky squares to sidewalk surfaces. The team said that they've been in contact with Guinness World Records since October and took measures to ensure their record attempt would uh, abide by the organization's rules. The current record for longest hopscotch stands at four miles and was set in Basking Ridge, New Jersey in 2019. Uh, Henning said she expects to hear back from Guinness about whether the attempt was successful within a few weeks. But again, four point. Two miles, adding point two to the previous record. Hopscotch. 
Wow, that's that's a lot of hopping. Yeah. Okay. 4.2 miles of hopscotch. Well, at least you have a line and a book for all time. Until somebody does a little bit more. Yeah, 4.3. Exactly. Speaking of uh, champions, what about the breakfast of champions? Well, Tropicana is uh, trying their hand at it. Tropicana has unveiled a cereal that's meant to be eaten with orange juice. Tropicana Crunch. It's a cereal designed to be eaten with the famed juice instead of milk. It was unveiled by the company on social media. The cereal will be distributed via a giveaway on the company's Instagram uh, account next month. Um, Okay, the fruit company said followers uh, of its Instagram page will have the chance to win a box of Tropicana Crunch, described as the first cereal made for OJ and maybe the last. Well, the honey almond cereal is designed to be eaten with OJ. Uh, Prepare your mind and cereal bowl for an unforgettable breakfast experience, the company said on its website. Tropicana said the specifics of the giveaway will be unveiled on the 4th on its Instagram page. So if you are uh, connected with Tropicana, you may have an opportunity. And I suppose if you're lactose intolerant, this might be of interest. But I'm having a hard time imagining a um, honey almond cereal with orange juice. I, I, you know, it just, I'll be honest, it's almost stomach turning to me. <laughs> I love orange juice, but I don't I do think too. I want it with a crunch. No. It's like bubble tea. I, I don't want to chew my beverage. I agree. Yeah. Too much work. All righty then. A Pennsylvania highway was closed for several hours Wednesday. This is just, it's heartbreaking. Wednesday morning, when an overturned tractor trailer spilled its load of 40,000 pounds of chicken nuggets on the roadway. I know, I know it's painful. It's hard to even speak of it. Police said the truck driver lost control of the vehicle at about 6.30 a.m. Wednesday, and the vehicle overturned in the southbound lanes of Routes 309 near West Rock Hill Township in Bucks County. The truck, which had been carrying 40,000 pounds of chicken nuggets, spilled its contents into the roadway and shoulder area of the highway. The driver was not injured. We're certainly glad about that but grieved over the loss of the chicken nuggets. Police said the highway was closed for several hours on Wednesday morning. I imagine there are people just on their hands and knees uh, getting chicken nuggets, but um, they were cleaning up the, uh, the chicken nuggets. The Sellersville Volunteer Fire Department shared photos of the crash scene, which is rather interesting. The cause of the incident is under investigation, according to the fire department. 40,000 pounds of chicken nuggets. There are children all over America who only eat chicken nuggets who will be deprived because their breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and maybe a snack or two sprawled out on a highway somewhere in Pennsylvania. This is one supply chain issue that could affect my household, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I'm telling you, this is a big deal. But it's good to know that, you know, somewhere that we, you know, out there we've got some very, very well fed frontline workers. Yes. Yes. Got to give it to those first responders. A, uh, a Republican lawmaker who wanted to refer to himself as the Patriot rather than his name on the ballot can't use the nickname. The Oklahoma Election Board has ruled Now that would open a can of worms. I can imagine you could just simply um, have instead of the Patriot, you could have the winner or governor. So and so you could just 
have whatever name you choose if they had allowed this one. Uh, the board decided Monday that term limits uh, state term limited state representative Sean Roberts can still run for Oklahoma labor commissioner, but he can't refer to himself by that nickname on the ballot. The Oklahoma election rules allow a candidate to use a nickname if it's a name the candidate is generally known by or who does business using the nickname. Roberts' opponent, a Republican labor commissioner, Leslie Osborne, said there's no evidence Roberts is known by anyone anywhere as the Patriot, nor did he star in the movie. I'm just saying. Well, she pointed out in her petition to the board that Roberts has appeared on the ballot in seven successive elections as Kevin Sean Roberts or Sean Roberts. He said in a statement he's considering appealing the board's decision, but doesn't really have much of an opportunity uh, to succeed. Running for office by a nickname. Yeah, you know, I thought. Yeah, I don't think, uh, you know, I don't think that that was something that could succeed particularly well. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all for, uh, you know, hiding behind nicknames when I can. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Well, a hundred year old uh, man is celebrating uh, working for the same company for 84 years. Woo! A Brazilian man who celebrated his 100th birthday this month was awarded a Guinness World Record after working at the same company for longer than 84 years, Walter Orthman. He turned 100 on the 19th of this month, was verified January 6th as having worked for a textile company, formerly known as, well, I don't, uh, you don't need to know the name, for 84 years and nine days. He was awarded the uh, Guinness World Record for the longest career in the same company. Now, let's hope he was awarded more than that by the company he worked for. Back in 1938, kids were expected to work to help support the family. As the oldest son of five, my mother took me to find a job at the age of 14. He worked there ever since. He started working for uh, the company on the 17th of January, 1938, when he was 15. His proficiency in German earned, earned him rather a position as a shipping assistant, he said. He was soon promoted to a position in sales, eventually rising to the position of sales manager. The 100-year-old uh, said he remains in good health and still drives himself to the office. I don't do much planning nor care much about tomorrow. All I care about is that tomorrow will be another day in which I will wake up. Get up, exercise, go to work. You need to get busy with the present, not the past or the future. Here and now is what counts. So let's go to work, he said. Wow, let's go for the record, James. 100 or 84 years? Well, you know, it's, I, I, I appreciate his loyalty to his company, but uh, perhaps he should have chosen one with a better 401k. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> Maybe so. All right. We've got um, got news and traffic coming up here at the top of the hour. And when we return, the Christian Outlook, some great content. So stay with us. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Thanks for listening to The Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at G Rice Show. And like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.